Did you discover your favorite band on KRCL? Every day, our DJs and hosts bring you a playlist crafted from the heart. If you're grateful for this community radio station, consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift at krcl.org. And from all of us here at 90.9, we thank you. This is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, DIY creatives, and more. I'm executive producer and host, Laura Jones. Coming up on the show tonight, we're going to dig into our gifts for good partners as we've just kicked off our year-end drive for listener support. Wanted you to learn a little bit more about Tree Utah, about Ray Swami, and coming up, Kathy Bray, CEO of Volunteers of America Utah, will be talking about what we can do to help homeless youth get those vital documents they need to stabilize their lives and get housing, get a job, get on to school and take control of their lives. All with your support of a gift for good. You can go online to krcl.org. We have a whole bunch of thank you gifts, but I'm going to be focusing on gifts for good later this hour. Also on the show, we're going to check in with Steve Auerbach of the Salt Lake Academy of Music, which puts instruments in kids' hands and teaches them how to play on a free-to-fee sliding scale. They're a great nonprofit partner in our community, too. And now let's take a look at that list we've been compiling online at krcl.org of food, clothing, and gift drives, where you can donate food, new or gently used warm weather clothing, or toys, gifts to those in need in our community. Coming up on Sunday, 1 p.m., Unsheltered Utah Christmas Sort and Outreach. The purpose of this event is to get donations of essential items out to the folks living unsheltered in the street. The group provides warm clothes, boots, jackets, and winter clothing. And if you go to krcl.org, I've got a link to the event. Again, that is happening at 1 o'clock on Sunday at 46 Orange Street with Unsheltered Utah Christmas Sort and outreach. And I wanted to turn to the topic of folks living on the streets as we approach December 21st and the solstice, the longest night of the year, and traditionally the night when 4th Street Clinic and other homeless service providers gather in Pioneer Park to remember those lost on the streets over the last year. To find out more, let's pass the microphone. James Gerard, will you introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Yeah, of course. Hi, I'm James Gerard. I'm the Development and Communications Manager at 4th Street Clinic. I've spent the past five years working for this community health center in Salt Lake City. Um, and every year we get to host this uh, vigil, which is a very somber, poignant event where we get to memorialize those individuals who passed away while experiencing homelessness in Salt Lake City. Obviously with COVID, it's been kind of tricky to coordinate uh, with all of our other homeless service providers like the Road Home or Catholic Community Services. So we've um, it was been kind of tricky this year to coordinate with them and get the names up until just like the last couple weeks. So usually throughout the year, we're keeping track of it, but um, just barely we're at 115 individuals um, who have passed away this year in Salt Lake City. They may have been in permanent supportive housing. So um, the in-between is another one of our amazing agencies that provides hospice care for those individuals who are homeless. Um, as well as any permanent supportive housing that the road home offers. So they may have um, been living on the street. Most of them were, um, but we have a lot of these individuals who are also fortunate enough to have been in some sort of shelter. It's and it's odd to say I'm happy for this event every year because it marks these 115 deaths, but it shines a light 
crystal clear on the issue in our community as we continue to debate affordable housing and what we are willing to pay for to help those folks in our community experiencing homelessness. What does Four Street Clinic um, hope this event does in the community? You know, I think, um, so last year we weren't able to hold the event live. We held it um, virtually via Zoom. And while that was still a very uh, impactful event, being out in, in Pioneer Park, where a lot of these individuals uh, unfortunately have to spend their time in the cold um, with uh, community members and even other service providers who are there at the event, it really brings to mind the importance of needing a home in order to survive, not only just stay and recuperate from any chronic illness or, or injury you may have, but to feel safe and to feel like you have a space that is your own. And this event really helps individuals see how, how crucial it is for people to have access to not only affordable housing, but ongoing preventive care, um, resources to help individuals find jobs and employment it's, it's really somber and shows how important um, all of those services really are when they work together. So the annual Homeless Persons Memorial Candlelight Vigil happening on Tuesday, the 21st at 530 at Pioneer Park. Who will be speaking this year? So we'll have, we'll have a few people. Pamela Atkinson is always one of our, our great advocates. Um, she'll be, she'll be um, emceeing and speaking at the beginning of the event. And we'll also be having a lot of um, individuals from the Other Side Academy, which is an amazing nonprofit that offers uh, a rehabilitation program for individuals who uh, may have committed felonies or crimes. And as an option for prison, they are sent to the Other Side Academy, which is an amazing organization. We'll have a few um, students of the Other Side Academy speaking. Um, we'll have uh, an individual from Four Street Clinic's Consumer Advisory Board. So he's an individual who um, was homeless, but he's now helps us represent the patient population we serve. And we'll have a few um, elected officials there as well. Governor Cox will be making a de declaration for the Homeless Persons Memorial and some remarks. So it's a really great event to have people from all parts of our community come together and really see how important it is that we work together in this. And those names will be read and honored at this vigil. How should folks dress? Dress warm, wear, wear warm shoes. You'll be standing in the cold snow for at least an hour. So wear double up with your socks, wear warm boots, but you know, just come as you are, but dress warm, bring some hand warmers. And it serves as a reminder of what folks living on the street are experiencing this time of year. So James Gerard with Four Street Clinic, how can people find out more about the vigil, but also the great services Four Street provides in our community and how they can support the nonprofit? Yes, of course. So you can go to fourthstreetclinic.org to learn more about the vigil. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, all of those social networks. But fourstreetclinic.org will have information on the vigil as well as the services we provide um, those people experiencing homelessness in Utah. James, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You have a good holiday. Thanks. You too, Laura. James Gerard of Four Street Clinic. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the vigil and Four Street Clinic. 
and get involved. Earlier this year, the Salt Lake City Transportation Division launched Connect SLC, an extensive process to update the Capital City's Transportation Master Plan from 1996. A lot has changed, and they want your input. There's a deadline coming up. So we're going to talk with a transportation planner from Salt Lake City. Joe Taylor, will you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell folks what you do? Sure. I'm a transportation planner for Salt Lake City. Uh, That means I get to work with all our great engineers and planners and other streets folks. Um, And I have been tasked with updating our transportation master plan, which is the big idea is to kind of put together a list of policies to set Salt Lake City up for the future that we want and sort of help us prevent the future that we don't. You know, I think we only think about transportation planning when we're stuck in a traffic jam or we've been traveling uh, down 3rd West between 13 South and 21st South the last year and all the reconstruction of that roadway that's going on. But this is an even bigger picture. So folks, if you got complaints about how the roads and bikeways and pathways work around the city, it's time to get involved. What are you asking people to do? Uh, What can they weigh in on, Joe? So right now, we're basically just trying to get people's priorities. Uh, We want to, you know, put all of these policies that are going to guide things like just basically how we use our roadways. But we want to do it, um, you know, geared towards the things that our citizens care about. So we we just really want to hear about what it is that you care about, what it is you want to see preserved and, and what it is you don't like. Well, it's more of an approach to a shared living space, too. It's not just the roadway, but connecting the sidewalks and all of the spaces around the roadway so that we have a better community in the next 20 years. So kids in particular, you'd like them to take this because they're the ones that are going to be living it in 20 years. That's absolutely right, Laura. Yeah, everybody who uh, who wants to take it should should take it. Um, and young folks, we, we'd love all the participation they want to give. So where is this survey and what's the deadline to take it, Joe? So um, it does close at the end of the month. I'm going to try and get that open for another week or two. Um, and if you just search for Connect SLC, that'll take you to the main page. And there is a button for um, English or Spanish. And we'll put a link in the show notes so folks can get to it pretty easily. But what am I in for? 10 minutes? 30 minutes? Uh, less than 10. Um, and our friends at UTA, Spin, and Green Bike have thrown in some great incentives. Uh, so if you want to sign up for that, that's another good reason to take it. Hey, Joe, thanks for giving me some time and for not uh, getting too upset about me ribbing you on Third West, okay? Uh, we get it every day. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. All right, Joe Taylor, we'll see you. Thank you. Joe Taylor, Connect SLC. Check tonight's show notes for a link to that survey they'd like you to fill out and give them your two cents on transportation in the capital city. I'm Laura Jones, and when we come back here on Radioactive, it's time to talk about the partners in KRCL's Gifts for Good program as we close out the year with our year-end fundraiser today. Grab an ornament from the Giving Tree and help thousands of homeless pets that stay at the Salt Lake County Animal Services throughout the year. For a list of needed items, visit AdoptUtahPets.com. Hey, it's eBay Hamilton. Join me Friday, December 17th at 4 p.m. as we welcome winter with a Friday solstice party. Two hours of feel-good soul music to help warm us up as we kick off the first week of winter. It's also our year-end fun drive, and we'll be raising money to help keep the music playing into the new year. Become a soul sustainer and tune in Friday, December 17th from 4 to 6 p.m. for our Friday Solstice Party, only on KRCL. 
This is Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. As you may have heard, we just kicked off our three-day year-end fun drive, and we'd love to have your support. You can go to krcl.org and see all the different thank you gifts that we could say thank you with when you make your contribution. One of those is called Gifts for Good. We've partnered with three nonprofits in our community tackling different issues. And when you support us, a portion of that contribution, why, we will pay it forward. And I wanted you to know a little bit about each of them. First up, our latest partner in our Gifts for Good program, Volunteers of America Utah, and its Youth Resource Center. In particular, they help kids get the ID together that they need to get on with their life. Joining me to talk about it, as well as all the services of VOA Utah, we have CEO Kathy Bray. Hey, Kathy, how are you? Good, Laura. Thank you so much for having us on and and supporting us once again. Always love to support what VOA does. Now, your Youth Resource Center that opened a couple years back, tell us about that. Remind us who you help and why, and why this facility is so important. Yeah, you know, we opened in May of 2016, if you can believe that, and Each year, we've been serving about 600 youth experiencing homelessness in Salt Lake County, and it's um, too many young people who are in these circumstances. What we're doing is providing basic needs, so food, clothes, and shelter, shelter for 30 youth a night. Um, In addition, we're doing case management so that each individual had an opportunity to set goals and to increase their income, to move in community housing and to get out of homelessness as soon as possible. So where are these youth coming from that they are homeless? You know, it's it's pretty sad and actually many different reasons of family disruptions. Um, You know, sometimes youth have ended up in foster care along the way. And so after they age out of foster care and maybe have a job that doesn't work out or a roommate that doesn't work out, they don't have a backup plan, a house to go, parents to go live with for a period of time until they get back on track. And so often those individuals find themselves homeless, or maybe there's mental health or addiction issues within the family that lead to disruption, or um, LGBTQ youth um, come out to their parents and that doesn't go well sometimes. And so there's a variety of things like that that um, where youth end up finding themselves without family support and without a place to live or without family connection, I should say. And without the identification documents they need to make their way in the world. I know where my birth certificate is. I know where my driver li- driver license and passport are. Mm-hmm. But not so homeless youth. And so one of our collaborations is when folks make a one-time donation to KRCL to round out the year, you can choose Gift for Good with VOA and the Youth Resource Center. And we're going to help uh, put a portion towards this ID kit that you've talked about mm-hmm. with me. What is it that they need and what does this kit do for them? You know, if you think about when you were 17 uh, or so, um, 18, um, for those of us who were fortunate enough to have parents who had our social security cards ready for us, our copy of our birth certificate so that we could You know, they they would take us down even at 16 and get our driver's licenses and so forth. Most of the youth who come to Volunteers of America's Youth Resource Center do not have a copy of their birth certificate nor a copy of their social security card. So the kit is kind of a process we go through to make sure we get those vital documents for the youth. 
And then um, that's what they need in order to get a driver's license and a job and a house and, and a lot of things. So it's often uh, step one of self-sufficiency. So this approximately $20 kit mm-hmm. gets them the forms and you help walk them through getting the ID they need. Right. So the staff will work one-on-one with each um, youth who needs an ID. And you can get your um, social security card for free, but it's a process. So that's part of the kit. And then sometimes birth certificates, if they're out of state, um, have different types of fees. And then the ID itself is about $18. And so altogether, it, it averages out to be about $20 per person. We do, we do hundreds of them a year. Hundreds of them. So, folks, check our website at carecl.org. Hit that donate button, and you can choose gift for good. And it will explain how then a portion of your contribution to Listeners Community Radio of Utah will help a homeless youth get their ID kit started. I want to know what else can folks can do this time of year to help all the the homeless youth, ages fifteen to twenty two, by the way, mm-hmm. folks that you help down at VOA Utah. Have a great Christmas. What can we do in our community to help you in that regard? Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, our, our greatest need is always the financial contributions because we're paying staff and providing a facility for people, you know, the youth to come to and to live in temporarily until they get what they need to move forward. Um, you know, we also are always um, in need of like underwear, um, uh, warm uh, clothing, even sweats and things like that that are casual clothing for youth, and they can be used if, you know, or new. Um, we're providing Christmas um, gifts, holiday gifts for youth, um, but we're really looking to um, help provide household items for youth. So when they move into their apartments, like kits to move in into an apartment, like they need some cleaning supplies and some kitchen items and some basic things, some pillows, some um, sheets, things like that, uh, towels, we're always collecting basic items to help the youth um, have some things when they start off in their new apartments. And can folks still sign up to come down and cook meals for the youth? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, please go to voaut.org and take a look at volunteer opportunities. We're definitely still doing three meals a day for the youth um, and um, still needing and relying on community volunteers. And our community is amazing. So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for all of your support. Kathy Bray, thank you so much. We appreciate your time and all that you and your team at VOA of Utah does in our community. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for helping almost you. Kathy Bray, Volunteers of America, Utah, one of our partners in Gifts for Good. And you can contribute online right now at krcl.org. Another partner in our Gifts for Good program, again, when you choose this as your thank you gift. You not only support Listeners Community Radio of Utah, you support a local nonprofit. And now we're going to hear more about Tree Utah. Aldine Strict 9, KRCL's punk rock farmer, and I spoke with Amy May, executive director of Tree Utah, on Arbor Day back in April. Here's part of that conversation. Hey, it's Arbor Day, and we have a station cohort of ours from the past, Amy May, with us. She's moved on, and she's with Tree Utah now. I'm, of course, you guys are planting trees. Where are you at? We are at West Point Park in the far northwest corner of Salt Lake City. It's great to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Did you like all that conversation about trees and watering them and the candling of the pines? Yeah. 
Yes, that's fantastic. It's really great. And this year, especially conserving water is more important than ever before. Last year, we had an inland hurricane that took out a lot of trees. At the same time, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall was committing to planting a thousand trees. I feel like it was kind of a wash to a certain extent, but um, you can give us the the broader picture about where we stand in adding more trees here along the Wasatch Front, Amy. Yeah, actually, the thousand trees on the west side is just one aspect. And the Retree SLC effort is separate from that, replanting trees that are um, making a difference to reforest after the hurricane strength storm of September. We are um, really grateful to be a partner with Salt Lake City on this initiative, Um, though we work statewide. Salt Lake City is home for Tree Utah, and we're really grateful to be planting more and more trees every year because of this partnership. Um, And the city's done a couple of other things in terms of trees as well. They've committed to planting two trees for every tree that's taken out. So um, for all of those trees from the disaster, basically two new trees are going in, and the thousand trees on the west side is separate from that as well. So it's, it's a great initiative, and there's a lot happening. The trees are small now, but it's amazing, even in just a couple of years, how fast they fill out and grow in, cool off our, our urban heat islands that form here and really make a difference for our air and, and just beauty and enjoyment of our city. Al, I believe that KRCL listeners are going to help us plant more than 100 trees because of Spring Radiothon and the thank you gift that yeah. some folks chose. Um, I really love that one when folks do the trees. It's a great one. You can dedicate it to someone and mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of good things about planting trees for sure. So Saturday, May 8th is when we're going to be planting those trees, Amy May. That's right. On the Jordan River from nine till noon, right next to the day Riverside library. Um, that is tree Utah's eco garden space, which is a permaculture orchard that we have. And it's gotten more attention this year than it has in the last 10, um, before us. We're really grateful to be able to really, take care of that space in a bigger and broader way this year and um we'll be yeah just really it should be a great time that day we'll also be doing a small tree giveaway with um thanks to dominion energy and the arbor day foundation they're giving out um small blue spruce seedlings to people as well who show up for that event so we're just really grateful for the partnership with krcl and to continue to be able to plant these hundreds and thousands of trees each spring and fall um, with donors that that contribute to help the KRCL community and help the community at large. Amy May of Tree Utah, along with the punk rock farmer, Al Dynstrichnine, and myself from earlier this year. Amy May of Tree Utah, one of our Gifts for Good partners. And when you contribute a one-time $100 contribution to KRCL, we pay it forward to Tree Utah so that they can plant more trees along the Wasatch Front. You can find all the details at krcl.org. And lastly, our final Gift for Good partner at this year-end drive here for KRCL is Race Swami Swimming and Enrichment. I had a great conversation with Matt Finnegan in August, and here is some of that from the Radioactive Archives. You're listening to the Radioactive Summer Break. I'm your host, Laura Jones. My next guest started Race Swami Swimming and Enrichment Program back in 2011 to help kids on Salt Lake City's west side develop their swimming skills, as well as the discipline to also be successful on dry land. I reached him, of course, at the pool. My name's Matt Finnegan. See you, Ed. I'm executive director of Race Swami Swimming and Enrichment Program uh, based here in Rose Park. Where are you? We're actually at the Granger Pool in West Valley City because that's one of our three pools that we use. Yeah, so we use the 
uh, Rose Park pool and then our the old sweatshop, which is the Glendale, Glendale pool, Sorensen, and then this spacious, almost brand new uh, swim center here at Granger High School. Fantastic. So I noticed the story that the Amplify Utah team and the Salt Lake Tribune ran. And I'm like, it's been a while since we've had Ray Swami on. Yeah. So I thought I'd check in, especially with the Olympics having just wrapped up and Utah's own Ryan White yep. meddling. And I'm just curious if that's been inspirational to your Swami kids. Um, well, some of them, I'll be truthful. Some of them don't know who she is. <laughs> I don't think a lot of folks did until she meddled. But that's because they're 10 and under our older school kids. Um, and some of our coaches, of course, would know exactly who she is. And um, I remember her growing up in the uh, Temple Dell program down in kind of the Harriman area. And so I kind of got to watch her grow up because she was a year older than um, my stepdaughter, Peyton. Um, who's now at UC Santa Barbara. Um, and anyway, so, you know, we got to witness those great years of her growing up and um, and getting faster as she got older. And then, uh, then she moved over to Wasatch Front Fish Market and swam under uh, Ron Lockwood. And she did really well while she was there. Um, started making sectional meets and junior nationals and nationals and then Alabama came calling and she kind of made it to the next level from there but you know Ron did an exceptional job and really getting her to the point where uh, he was giving her everything she could get she could handle and it, it was fun to watch that so but a lot of our kids it's uh, that was way before their time we've got a really young team and so um, I think for them, probably the one question they would always have in watching the Olympics was, why aren't there more kids that look like them? And um, that would be more darker skin, or as we call it here, really tan kids. Um, and well, that's what they like to call themselves. I'm really tan. And uh, yeah, you know, just it'd be great to see more, um, more of the Latino community uh, being represented by USA Swimming and, and therefore around the world. Well, Ray Swamy doing great work in Rose Park and Glendale, but it's all about the kids. So tell me about your kids. Tell me about the team. It's been a while since we've had them in the studio and on the show. Well, um, most of our kids come from low-income households. So, uh, you know, I would say it's probably well over 80%, but to call it safe, I'll say about 80% of our kids, the, the total number of kids who swim year round, uh, come from low income households. So basically they're, rece they're receiving free or reduced lunch at schools, area schools. Um, most of our kids come from Rose Park and Poplar Grove and Glendale and Guadalupe Park. That's kind of our bread and butter. And then we also have kids um, out here on the west side in West Valley City. The Olympics always puts a spotlight on swimming in the summer games, I feel like. Um, but you've been doing a booming, I don't want to say business, but 
laps. You've been booming laps with your Swami kids for a while now. What do you think it is that draws the kids in? Well, yeah, this is our 10th year. So, you know, we, we founded it in 2011 and we've grown steadily since then. And we're, we're happy with the growth. Um, the basic thing for our kids is having fun and getting the most out of themselves, learning more about themselves. Cause you know, a sport like swimming is definitely going to do that. They're going to learn about adversity, how to deal with it, um, how to come back tomorrow after having a bad day today. Um, and these tools, they can apply them to school because, um, one thing that we're really seeing is our kids are having success in the classroom. We have since we started in 2011, we have a 100% graduation rate from East and West high schools, um, which is phenomenal when you compare it to what the graduation rate is for those two schools um, as a whole. Um, so we feel like we're giving kids the confidence in the water and they're bringing it out into the world. And so many of our kids now are going to college. We've been around long enough to see the, the benefits of, of what swimming and race Swami and all the support that they've gotten. Um, we still offer free tutoring for our kids, uh, all subjects that they need to, you know, where they're needed as um, assistance and so forth. So whether that's Spanish, because um, a lot of kids, even though they speak Spanish, they don't necessarily know how to read it or uh, spell it. So you know, we get kids um, getting tutored in Spanish as well as the sciences and definitely math. And then we have a book club every summer. Um, so we get about 30 to 40 kids involved in that. And, and then we have a speaker series as well of uh, local uh, people that have been influential in the West Side communities of Salt Lake. So we try to do a lot of that enrichment component uh, and we apply that as, as kind of a benefit to being a member of the swim program. So I think that allows a lot of our kids to, to stay in the sport, um, to stick around on the team. And, and we have great retention rates, especially when we compare it to, you know, a national scale. Well, Kirsten Bucher from Salt Lake Community College wrote the story for Amplify Utah and the Salt Lake Tribune. And in it, I just wanted to quote the stat that she cited, data from USA Swimming, the national governing body for competitive swimming in the U.S., shows just 7% of its members are Hispanic or Latinx and 6% are African-American or Black. So Ray Swamy is, is really bringing kids that otherwise wouldn't see a pathway, even perhaps to the podium, into the sport. Correct. Yeah, it's not an affordable sport. People think it might be, you know, you need a pair of goggles and, and some suits or whatever, but that's not the case. Um, when, when you add it up week to week, month to month, year to year, it's an expensive endeavor. And we did not have a program like this in the state of Utah, not let alone Salt Lake City, but the state of Utah. We're one of a very few number of programs that serves underrepresented youth in the entire United States. In fact, now, you know, they've named me to the DEI board for USA Swimming, which is the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Board. Uh, so we can try to figure out better ways to get more kids involved. But it comes down to the fact that 
the resources. There's not a lot of resources in inner city Buffalo or West Side Salt Lake City, um, you know, and that was quite apparent uh, during COVID. We were the one of, we were actually the last team to return to the water uh, because there were no, there were simply no uh, facilities on the West Side for which our kids could train in. So, you know, we went months without uh, training and had to, you know, kind of get creative online by, you know, doing dry land on Zoom and uh, having speakers uh, from all over the U.S. and integral uh, speakers, you know, to keep our kids kind of connected. So we had to get really creative with that. And um, thankfully, we were able to kind of withstand it. We, we, we took a few hits. We, we lost a few East Side kids, but we, we didn't lose our community. And um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that uh, our West Side kids stuck with us and saw the value of this program. Well, I'm guessing you probably had some watch parties for the Olympics and the swimming competitions. Did you ever imagine when you started this 10 years, 10, 11 years ago, that Ray Swami would be part of perhaps social justice in our community? Um, I do now in hindsight, but when I started uh, the program, I simply saw a need. I, I had a couple kids while I was um, coaching at Judge Memorial uh, who wanted to get better. And I said, well, you, you just got to join like a USA team, a, a, a year round team that you can train. And then, you know, that can help you build your skills and development. And, you know, they came back to me two weeks later and said, sorry, coach, we can't do it. And I'm like, why not? And uh, they, they gave me the reason, you know, like, we can't afford that. And, uh, you know, and, and then the drive to wherever and, um, and so I just, the, the light bulb kind of went on and I, I spent, I didn't just rush into it. I spent about a year doing the research and, and asked myself, is this feasible? And can I do this? You know, as a father who raises a special needs kid, um, I wasn't sure I could pull it off, but the fact of the matter is, is when I got the support that I did, from the people that said, I've got your back, Matt. Um, I was all in. I, I felt like I had to do this. And, you know, my most influential uh, person growing up was my swim coach back in Los Altos, California. And he always told me, he's like, Matt, you know, you're lucky to live in a place like Los Altos. You're growing up in this place that with all this affluence and all these you know, things going on in Silicon Valley, but you know, the big thing that makes your character worth uh, something is giving back. And it never really, uh, you know, wasn't apparent to me until he passed away. And, and this was kind of my way of, of telling him, that I'm, I've got your back, Kevin. This was my coach. And I wanted to do something that was going to make a difference in the community. And I have to admit that's been the most fruitful part of this whole journey has been making a difference on the West side and being able to meet all these wonderful kids who are now in, you know, in college or beyond and they're doing great things. And it's so awesome. And you don't remember the times, you don't remember the times they posted 
I do, but they don't. <laughs> but it's that's not what it's about. It's it's what they're doing now and and being able to hug their parents, you know, or speaking Spanish to you and just saying you you made such a difference in Gabriel's life. You know, Jesus, you know, he's going to be a, you know, he's going to be a med student and it's all because of Ray Swami and I just feel so good about that. One of the many things that you do with your connections in the community, like you said, a speaker series, you bring folks in. You're trying to connect dots beyond the pool, right? Yeah, exactly. I want them to be able to see other great people that have done some some great things, uh, especially on the West Side, because sometimes, you know, having role models isn't always a given. Um, and especially in swimming, not being able to see Latino faces, you know, other than having to go back to maybe 84 and 88, and 92 with Pablo Morales, but you don't see a lot of Latino faces. And I just, I feel like you, maybe we don't have to right now. Maybe it's going to be you guys someday, but right now I want you guys to see Latino faces in our community, like Jorge Fierro, who just basically came from nothing and just built something yes. great and is, has this great product and and a and an, um, and a cool company and he's doing great and he's giving back which is one of the biggest things i want him to see that jorge fierro of rico brands how many swami kids do you have now we've got about uh 60 kids that go year round which is good for us right now because given the fact that one of our three pools is not operational uh that's probably a good thing but uh the big the big stat right now is that we've served a hundred kids this summer in free swim giving them free swim lessons so we're offering free swim lessons uh all through the summer and we've served about a hundred kids all low-income kids all receiving free lessons Wow. So what can the community do for you right now for folks listening, you know, or thinking, I want to, I want to help Ray Swami. I want to help the kids in Ray Swami. Is there anything that you need or any website to direct folks to, to get more info? Well, our website, which uh, was, which was thankfully done by third son. So it, it's not a mess anymore. It's not the Winchester mystery house uh, is rayswami.org. And they did an exceptional job for us on that. Um, they can get a lot of info from there. Um, where we need help is really like swim instructors in water with kids uh, learning to swim. I mean, right now we've got a bunch of kids in lessons right now uh, behind me that are going through uh, a summer long uh, lessons program. We wanna continue into the fall. So um, we'll probably scale that down this fall, but. Um, we still want to continue doing it. And so we, you know, we need help with instructors. We're always looking for donors. Um, you know, every dollar counts. We have such a low overhead. We don't have expensive offices downtown. Uh, the, the money goes really to the kids. I have foundations that help us pay for the, the, the pool and facility costs. Um, we've got some great foundations who've been with us basically since day one, or at least I would like to say day 366, because most of them wanted to see what we could do in a year before they were going to, you know, say, yeah, we'll give you 10K or we'll give you 20K. So, uh, you know, but they've been with us since since we needed them. 
Let's just put it that way. But we're always looking for help. Uh, volunteers is great, but we pay our instructors. Uh, we had a lot of alumni this summer who wanted to help and they didn't want to be paid. Uh, they just wanted to give back. So we got them involved. But yeah, we're always looking for help. Uh, it's a great nonprofit program. It's West Side based. Uh, we're homegrown. We haven't ever changed our tune. We want to serve West Side kids. Uh, we certainly have had our success in the water, but we're also very much aware that the real success comes from serving the kids. And again, you've got a hundred percent high school graduation rate. Totally. hundred percent. That's what we're so proud of is, you know, every year we uh, celebrate the kids who graduated by taking them to a restaurant and really treating them right. Our board pays for it. Uh, the kids get just totally celebrated and then they get these great journals that they can take with them for their next chapter. And usually that next chapter is going off to a great college. Uh, so we have a few kids right now that are currently swimming in college and we've got kids just going to college who might be in pre-med or the entrepreneur program up at the U, uh, whatever it is, you know, we're, we're still in contact with all our kids and we're really proud of them. Matt Finnegan of Race Swami. And they are our partners in our Gifts for Good program as we round out the year with just a short three-day drive to make up some of the funds that we need to start 2022 on solid footing. So a one-time contribution as a Gift for Good will not only help KRCL, but we will pay it forward on your behalf to Matt and the kids at Race Swami another nonprofit in our community. KRCL is Listener's Community Radio of Utah, a nonprofit founded in 1979. And we know that you support this radio station because you're listening right now. And we'd love to have you call 800-359-9191 or go online to krcl.org and make your contribution today. When we come back, one more nonprofit to shine a spotlight on before we're done this hour. If you have a little extra to give this holiday season, pick a food, clothing, or gift drive and donate what you can. KRCL has a list of different organizations and needs online at krcl.org. And thanks for putting the happy in the holiday season. Yo, ho, ho, and greetings. This is Robert Nelson, and on December 18th from 4 to 7 p.m. on Smile Jamaica, I and I am going to play Reggae Santa Claus. Dropping great roots Christmas tunes down your chimney, and I'm going to be assisted by my favorite elf, a.k.a. the general manager of KRCL, Tristan Tabish, and a year-end fundraiser for your station that rules the nation. Tune in, leave us a little year-end kindness, and find out if it's true that Santa Claus was an ancient astronaut. Smile Jamaica, December 18th, 4 to 7 p.m., krcl.org. A spaceman came traveling on a ship from far. It was light years of time since his mission. This is Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Democracy Now!, followed by DJ Mike with Thursday Night Psych Out, Gianni in the Dirty Boulevard at 10.30, I Don't Sound Like Nobody kicks off at 1 a.m. with Rich Parks, Illustrated Blues at 3 a.m. with Jolene, and A Brand New Day at 6 a.m. 
all of these programs made possible by your generous support when we come to you and ask you to put a little money where your ears and your heart is every day. If you turn us on, it's time to make a year-end contribution at krcl.org. And because so many of you do, I get to keep shining a light on nonprofits doing good work in our community. And one of those is Salt Lake Academy of Music, and I wanted to do a year-end check-in with their executive director, Steve Arbach. Hey, Steve, introduce yourself to our listeners, all right? Well, hi, Laura. I'm Steve Auerbach with the Salt Lake Academy of Music. I'm a co-founder and currently the executive director here. How old is SLAM these days? We were born on January 2nd, 2020. Wow, you're about to have a birthday and in the midst of all this. And yeah, I mean, the program started right before the pandemic, 73 days before we had to close for a couple months. We've had you on before talking about the trials and tribulations of getting SLAM off the ground, keeping it on the ground. And so I'd love to update our listeners on some of the successes of 2021. Awesome. Well, it's it's been a huge challenge, uh, recovery from COVID. Having done that, I guess some of the highlights are that we partnered with the University of Utah and uh, Dr. John Petroselli, who you interviewed as well. Uh-huh. And John is the... Um, He's the jazz, visiting jazz uh, pro, uh, director of the University of Utah Jazz uh, Programs. And they and Jazz SLC, another nonprofit, have partnered with SLAM to host a monthly free jazz jam that's all ages. And this is really special for me. Well, it's all uh, ages, but it's also all musicians, right? So you're really That's right. Yeah, there's no audience, exactly. There's no audience. There's no pressure. And there's three studios for the musicians to work in. So uh, Dr. Petroselli comes out with um, uh, Chris Howe, who's a guitar professor, adjunct professor, um, Denson Angelo, who does bass, and um, uh, Parker Swenson, who's a drummer. And they do a clinic and then host a jam. And it's so cool because all these musicians are lined up. And, you know, if you're under 21, you don't get to see jazz up close, maybe at a wedding, right? It's casual music. But for kids that are studying jazz that learn a horn or another instrument to actually be able to see real music, jazz musicians play and function in an intimate setting like this is really special. And then they get to play. So it was really exciting. We had a huge turnout for the first one. And the next one is this Sunday at 5 p.m. Wow. So you guys have pivoted during COVID. Now you're bringing folks back into the studios. How's that working out? It's working out great. Uh, The programs have grown hugely. We're uh, hitting just about 100 students now. And uh, our goal is to hit 200 by the end of 2022. We fulfilled a couple of grants uh, in partnership with Salt Lake City Arts Council and the B.W. Bastion Foundation to provide uh, the scholarships. We're also working with another foundation called the Brockstrong Foundation, which uh, funds music lessons for children. It's really exciting. And that's what uh, helps you be able to provide all this instruction and musical instruments from free to fee. So where can folks get details about that if they're looking to get their kids into instruction, regardless of their ability to pay? Thanks, Laura. Um, Well, the donate page uh, is on our website. That's slamslc.org forward slash donate or just slam SLC. And uh, that shows where people can donate uh, musical instruments um, and or they can make cash donations or whatever, but that's our donation page. 
And they can just call the studio at 801-577-BAND. That's 801-577-BAND. That's a decent phone number there, Steve. I appreciate that. So <laughs> um, you, you, you do a lot for kids, but I understand that you've also instructed 50 adult hobbyists and professionals. So everybody's looking for a place to stretch out with their instrument, it sounds like. Well, yeah. I mean, the quality of the instruction, we can give people up to PhD instruction now. Mm -hmm. So we've got all kinds of members of the symphony orchestra, all kinds of different jazz players in the community, and a lot of them are very high level. So other professionals come to SLAM for instruction uh, with those specialists. But Steve, I really want to reemphasize why you do this, because you have loved music all your life, played music all your life, and you're at this point in your life where you really want to <laughs> see that joy, that love grow in the community. It's true. Um, I grew up in New York uh, in, in the public schools and in the schools they had free instruments, free lessons and band programs for kids. And I got to work with the great Bill Ellington, one of Duke Ellington's nephews and a real seminal jazz player. And he'd have the kids come out to his gigs and sit in. I mean, he was just so generous with his time and his talent. And I want the same thing for kids here. It's really nice to have this kind of conduit where the quality of the instruction is so high and the commitment to serving the kids is so high that they get really that extra boost to really do great things. And so many people like myself had really nice careers in music all over the world, thanks to Mr. Ellington. And they all on their web pages, like uh, Mark Platty is, was David Bowie's music director. And you know, on his web page it says, thanks to Mr. Ellington. <laughs> Same thing with all these other kids that grew up and had careers. So. It's really gratifying to know that I'm kind of carrying on a legacy that was given to me uh, back when I was a kid. And uh, in Salt Lake, you know, there's other great nonprofits that do great work here. Spy Hop Productions does great music, uh, uh, media work with video and audio and website construction and all that. And they, they do a fantastic job. Uh, and there's other organizations that do uh, music instruction as well. But I don't think there's anyone really giving kids instruments and the kind of opportunity, except for maybe the charter schools, like the Salt Lake, uh, the SLART, the performing, uh, not performing arts, the uh, Salt Lake Arts Academy. You know, they have uh, instruments that they give to kids as well. But we're not a charter school, so we leave the daytime curriculum out and we just do the after school. So what can the community listening right now do for the Salt Lake Academy of Music? What are your needs going into the new year? Well, uh, we are currently on a very significant search for board of director leadership. Uh, Rocky Anderson uh, launched us. Uh, he got our governance going. He was very, very helpful. Former Salt and Lake course, City mayor and jazz lover extraordinaire. And a rock guitarist. And, uh, and he, uh, you know, he did all the governance for us. Uh, and since then, we haven't had anyone that's run a nonprofit before on our board. So we've all been learning on the fly. We've got some very smart people, you know, C-suite quote unquote type people um, who know how to lead, but they haven't done nonprofit before. So right now we're meeting with a bunch of really great people and we welcome others in the community that are, it's a volunteer gig, but uh, it's not a lot of hours, maybe 10 hours a month at the most. Um, and people can do less, but we're really looking for that leader that's run a nonprofit before. All right. So we'll put a link in the show notes to Salt Lake Academy of Music so you can check that out, folks. But all right. I'm not that person that you're looking for. So how can I help SLAM 
what kind of instruments could I put together? What kind of in, incidental needs can uh, folks contribute to your nonprofit? That's great. Um, well, we we love a great audience. We have our, uh, we're down at the Center for Spiritual Living now on 21st South, former the old art factory. And when we have our next show on April 9th, maybe I'll come back and go on air and promote that and people can come to that. But in the meantime, um, I think the best thing that people can do is if they have an old musical instrument that's out of use and that's playable, we'd love to get it in the hands of a student. And uh, people have been very generous in this community with their unused musical instruments. It's been fantastic. And to see these kids, you know, have their happy place to go at home when they practice and, and they really do love it. I mean, we have a particularly skilled group of people teaching and their mentorship really mental, really motivates the students because they're, they're not not wanting to practice. They want to practice and they want to get better. And they are seeking, you know, the approval, if you will, of their mentor here at SLAM. The next thing that people can do, of course, is to help out if they're financially able by giving a donation. And that's on the donate page at the website at SL, uh, um, SLAM, S-L-A-M-S-L-C dot O-R-G. And, and those are the ways that people can help. We'll be doing calls for volunteers. So if anyone wants to volunteer, uh, they can uh, just contact me at 801 577-2263, extension two, and uh, we'll get them on the list for volunteers and get them vetted and lined up. You probably need some roadies for festival season next year because I remember catching up with you and some of your kids <laughs> at um, Craft Lake City over, right? over the summer. Yeah. Well, the kids do haul their own gear, but we can always use help. We love support from the community. <laughs> and, and, you know, of course, you know, right now we've got a really diverse crew. Uh, we just added um, Sarah, Little Drum, to our coaching team. And she's fantastic and she loves the kids. And she's working with uh, Zachary Hale and with Georgi Petro. And they're doing the performance program for the rock music. And it's going really, really well. All right, Steve, what's that website one more time that folks can check out for all that you do, but all that you offer that they may want to take part in? Thank you, Lara. It's Slam SLC, Salt Lake Academy of Music, saltlakecity.org. Hey, Steve, thanks for everything that you and your crew do in our community. You have a great holiday, and we'll see you in 2022. Laura, you're awesome. Likewise, you do so much to get the word out about important things in our community and the awareness that you bring to everyone that listens to this station, either locally or globally, is, is in, their lives are improved because of your good work. And you're increasing the awareness of the activists and the people doing great things in our community. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you for those kind words. We'll see you. Okay, thanks. Steve Auerbach of Salt Lake Academy of Music. Check tonight's show notes for a link. And if you have an instrument or two that's just collecting dust in the closet, consider donating it to SLAM. I'm Laura Jones, and that is Radioactive. My thanks to everyone on the show tonight and you for listening and contributing during our year-end drive. You can make that contribution now at krcl.org. Going to leave you tonight with something from Modest Mouse. I like the thought here. Leave a light on. On KRCL 90.9.